0: This podcast is a production of Athlete Plus, the people, stories, and science behind elite athletes and teams. Athlete Plus is the official podcast network of the Institute for Coaching Excellence, a research, education, and outreach center in the College of Health and Human Performance at the University of Florida.
1: Today, we have another great episode of the podcast, The Art and Science of Developing Athletes. I got to sit down with Tony Tony Davis, a former Gator baseball player, currently a certified financial planner, and also a former minor league baseball player for many years. In this interview, we talk about the importance of financial literacy, financial awareness, behavior for professional athletes and their supporters, particularly their families. Tony gave a lot of really excellent insights that he shared with us, and I think you'll enjoy getting a better understanding of just how complex and nuanced financial advising can be for these athlete-facing professionals to certify financial planners. Please welcome Tony Davis. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Tony Davis from MAI Capital. I'm gonna ask Tony to introduce himself and give us a little background on his, uh, in his space in the financial advising space. You know, we have a course with six, seven modules. At financial education is a major component of our athlete development curriculum here. We rarely get a chance to talk to financial advisors working with professional athletes, so it's a treat. Thank you for being here. You have a great story. I know you share it with our students a lot. Today you're on campus. You actually spoke to our undergrads today and shared that story. Can you share a little bit of that with our, our athlete development students as well?
0: Absolutely. And yeah, thanks for having me. This is exciting for me to be here and be able to share and give back. So yeah, I was, I walked on the campus 2006 here. I would say that the best reference point I can give the younger crowd is when Tebow arrived. So good time to be here with football and basketball. Did play baseball, so went, played for three years here. And then at that point got drafted, had the opportunity to make a, I would call my first big decision and did elect to sign. So with that came uh, still having a year of school left. So I had to factor that in, but decided to take that opportunity, try to do what I could to get to the big leagues. That was always the dream and what I worked worked hard for. So played for six full seasons, but came up a little bit short. So like many do, I don't know if anybody listening or watching uh, knows much about professional baseball, but just getting drafted is really the ticket for another opportunity. So that ran its course and I found myself done with baseball. I think I was 27 years old, no degree. So I had 30 credit hours left and I knew what I wanted to do, which was what I'm doing now. But, but just, you know, the idea of getting there and getting in a good situation was a daunting task at first. So yeah, just step by step. So I, I can weave, you know, a little bit more detail in, in and out of that and how I got to this company and, and what that took. But, um, okay. just a little background. Cur- here. I'm curious, yeah. that'd be
1: a good pivot to what you know, there's many financial advisors, a lot of uh, people are familiar with the big brands, the big box brands of, you know, the Merrill Lynch's yeah. and where you started your career. And But you work for a company called MAA Capital, yeah. probably a niche, actually, to be honest. I know your boss who runs the the unit, but it's a, it's a very large organization. What What is your role at MAA Capital and sure. what's the... The vertical you work in, if you can yeah. describe that a bit.
0: No, that's great. So I I did start at Merrill Lynch. So they're broker associated with the bank, just like a Morgan Stanley and um or UBS. Whereas we are a registered investment advisor. So independent of that call it big box structure there. And for us, what what does that mean? That means we get to basically choose best of breed for anything and everything, whether it's banking, investment stuff, you know, we're we're always shopping shop everything. I mean, insurance policies and if if one of our clients is trying to get a mortgage, just to kind of put it bluntly, if we're at Merrill Lynch, then, you know, we're probably going Bank of America. So I I love this approach. I think it's tough to imagine at this point, given the competitiveness of the business and I think the way things should be done, it's hard to imagine any other structure,
1: to be honest. Okay. Your client database for the whole advising group, what's that? Yeah, so
0: so for the whole company is probably... Thirty percent athlete client, so a very big part of the company is just your your business client. But the athlete side, I mean, we also you know the other piece that falls under that umbrella is is uh, front office professionals, coaches. There's college coaches, there's professional coaches, GMs. Something like nine professional sports are represented in our company. And when I say represented, I mean we're. Working with them as clients. So in my role in particular, you know, while I do have some business clients that just naturally evolve over the years, ninety um, percent of my time is on the baseball side. Okay. So that's that's Let's my background. background. It's what I know. It's my network.
1: How many? Um, I, I think it's in the hundreds, if I recall, the number of clients you guys have. So yeah, it's a yeah. pretty large portfolio of former athletes and current athletes.
0: Correct. Yeah, I, I think that total number, and this is because there's recently been some acquisitions. They've they've acquired some other pretty strong athlete books but it, that number is over 400 now wow yeah. all right
1: yeah. okay next question is probably a really bad question <laughs> so you have 400 clients i know you don't work with all of them you have your your group that my, primarily nine out of ten of them are baseball guys can you describe a typical relationship between you know i know there's probably on the fringes and there's probably some great stories that could be told around some unique relationships but what, what is a i mean a, a textbook relationship between a financial advisor and a professional athlete what does that look like sure
0: yeah, so the good thing, like I, I think, when you hear the number four hundred, you think that's a lot. So what our group has done a really good job of is there's a a very dense service team behind all of all of us, right? Okay. So I'm I'm a you know I'm a, one of the advisors on the front line. I am the point of contact, you know, to the client. But we have client service folks behind me. We have cash management, bill pay people. That's all they do tax people. We have estate planning attorneys. We have everything. So, you know, for me, the the process of me organizing and, and managing a client relationship is I'm the point of contact. I have to be obviously very versed in all these areas. I'm a right. CFP, all those things, but knowing when to deflect and how to leverage the whole team is super important. So
1: just the, you think this wraparound approach, is that obviously you say is the only way to do it. Is yeah. that not happening across the industry around... What many, you know, there's thousands of athletes, not yeah. with a firm like yours.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, the facts are the bigger brokerage houses. The rules are a little different. I mean, I, I, I hesitate to say that on a platform like this, but I would I would welcome anybody to challenge that. I know you had mentioned as part of these questions the fiduciary responsibility. I mean, that's a legally binding, and and then being a, a CFP, which every advisor who works with the athlete client, you know, in our group, we're all CFPs. And that's a whole different level of scrutiny in terms of how you're being evaluated. And so I think with those things taken into consideration, you still do see if you if you googled right now, there's just a story that came out recently. And I I won't say what firm it was, but one of those bigger brokerage house firms, I mean, some household athlete client names that this guy is completely banned from the business at this point. So it does happen, unfortunately, can happen anywhere. But I just I feel like the fact that we don't have to push product is pretty powerful. You know, it it's just, it's it's just. Build just, some trust, instant credibility yeah, yeah, and does. trust right right away. It does.
1: Now, I have a couple of questions around tactics and strategies you use, but I'm going to save those until we talk about, like we have did some research here recently. You helped us with, I had a, a student interview about 12 financial advisors, and I want to go over that and see where you're at. Yeah. How, some of the tactics strategies there. So, but let's talk about the differences between when, you know, so I have a financial advisor. I have a couple. I'm a college professor. Obviously not. Didn't get a signing bonus when I came. I got a. You should have. I got man. a one-way bus ticket, <laughs> you know, and $50 reimbursement for my moving expense. No, I'm just, I mean, <laughs> but obviously uh, you, you have college coaches. are probably different clientele. Sure. And so of the 70-30 ratio, I mean, how different is it advising beyond the wraparound? But I think all of us, you know, I have a lawyer that helps me with, yeah, yeah. with the wills and trust and estate planning and things just like an athlete would as a college professor, but how different is it really to be working with an athlete compared to a non-athlete, I wouldn't say normal client, but, a you know, sure. just a, a working professional, a business professional.
0: I mean, the key word is cash flow. I mean, that's the biggest difference is working with someone like yourself, you know, there's likely pretty consistent income and that's, that's a little bit more visible. Whereas With us, And I'll just speak to the baseball side. I mean, these guys will get a bonus, but for us, we treat that like that is the only thing they're going to see because statistically it it might be. So if they end up, you know, netting a million dollars after all the dust settles, they're likely not going to make, you're not going to have any income for three to five years. And then at that point, you know, we're reevaluating they're either in the big leagues and now they do have fresh income or they don't. And so with that, I think there's opportunities. A lot of people don't think about how does that segue into the tax side of things or the retirement planning side. So, you know, a lot of times with these young guys, what we'll do is they'll get their bonus, used to be two installments. Okay. So so it might go back to that pretty soon. Like with COVID, they switched it to three. Okay. But let's say a young man got drafted. He's over the Roth IRA income threshold. Can't contribute to one of those. What we'll do then is we'll do a traditional, knowing that after he's received those bonus installments, he will have a year or two likely where his income is now in the lowest bracket again because right. he'll make 10 grand. Right. <laughs> so then we'll do a, we'll do a Roth conversion or backdoor Roth. Okay. And where they're gonna pay the tax on up that front. conversion up front, right. but they're doing it at the lowest rate now. Yep. So there's there are uh, there are I strategies um, that we'll implement to do things like that. And I think uh, on the investment side, very, very thoughtful in and around what we're investing, how we're investing it you know there's a portion of it where you know you think about somebody who's 20 21 years old and you think holy smokes i mean we got 40 years to let this run right but we don't know if they're going to need the cash right and so so there's a lot of detail a lot of time and conversation with the client just education and and going into that is hey if we knew you were going to make if this was your income stream every year it might be a little different than how we're going to do it just for these first few years just because and we do very detailed cash flows and show them you're losing money to play baseball in the minor leagues, you know, especially now, I think back when I was playing, I might've just broke even, but cost of living now it's, it's just different. And the, and, you know, the income hasn't gone up really yet, you know, much at all. So. Right. Right. Do you,
1: um, you know, the stories, the, the movies that are just outlandish, like broke and exaggerations for the most part, most people discredit that. Ballers, the HBO series is often used a lot of times, you know I mean? How often those type of guys that like to blow their money on toys and prestige and property and, and power, do they even enter into fiduciary relationships or they, they're off, they're just doing it with their, their buddy. Who's, you know, yeah. Knows a guy who knows a guy. I mean, most of the guys you have, you wouldn't see that kind of behavior. It's very abnormal.
0: It is. I think, um, I mean, everybody has different spending habits and, Background and how you're raised to treat money, you know, impacts what happens when you have uh, definitely have a windfall. But no, I mean, we we require a lot out of our clients in terms of it's a two way street because we're not yes men or women. And I think that as we work through that process with them, they understand that while it is their money, it's their decision. I mean, that we always use the uh, example of look at us as the coach and the GM, and we're going to try and put the players on the field. And structure the best team for you but you're the owner and you're making the final call mm-hmm. so uh, inevitably yes there's of course been situations where you wish a client had made a different decision or or listened to they don't listen to everything you say but i think for the younger athlete client just getting them to understand hey we can't control the market we can't control what you spend and given your you know your new financial situation if you follow this game plan you will not have to worry. And that doesn't mean that you're done working forever and ever, but right. you are light years ahead of anybody else your age. And if we're smart with this, those big worries that a lot of folks have are gone, but it, you, you also still have the ability to screw it up. Right. So. Right. How much of your
1: work, so you're saying you work directly with the athletes, two-way street, families involved often, spouses, significant others?
0: Yeah. Um, it's, it's really hit or miss. You'd be surprised. I think um, for a young baseball player, I have guys who were drafted out of high school who I've never spoken with the parents. Not one time The kid made the decision. They've decided to let him maybe grow up quicker. And then I've had other situations where it's, it's the opposite where, you know, the clients a little bit older and parents are very involved. Wow. And so obviously what that comes down to is we have to remember we are working for that particular player and client and family involvement can be a great thing, but it can also be, can be an interesting thing, right? right. It depends. We, we got, we have to watch out for that. And that's, that's a situation too. It's, always understandable that given a lot of these family sacrifices for that particular you know for player sure. that they want to try to give back but yeah. there's a, there's a right there's a right way to do it right. i mean it's not a not something you can just turn off and say all right yeah. i'm going to i'm going to give uh, mom 2500 bucks a month and then when you're done though usually that expectation continues it's right. not just something where it's like oh great you know so managing that process and and being a gatekeeper and those are difficult situations sometimes right yeah
1: for sure. Okay. And then do members of your team, I know in professional leagues, they have uh, in the player development space, player engagement space, depending on what league you're in. They have team members that actually work with families and whatnot. Your the wraparound service,
0: has that come up yet? With to work with the family? Yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. Um, a lot of our clients, the parents and or siblings almost become clients become as well. Clients, yeah, yeah. And and that's not to say they're getting the exact same hands on right. full service experience because that's not maybe not something they need. But if right. it's um, one of my young guys said, Hey, my parents are looking at this investment deal. Would you guys mind taking a look at it? I mean, mm. it, it's, it's, it's all, part of it's it. A, yeah. It's a yes all, all day Always. long. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's a good segue into when you advise. So let's say you were to leave here. We're sitting here in the College of Journalism, University of Florida. You go over to baseball practice. There's some juniors there yeah. that are forecasted to be a first, second, third round guy you're allowed to speak to them and, mm-hmm. and talk to or i'm not sure the, the situation but to say what, what are the steps so maybe that young man wouldn't want to sign necessarily with mai but you know if you were advising them here's what you need to consider sure, when sure. you go look for a financial advising firm individual team whatever it is yeah do you do you have some kind of working like what, do, what does this conversation sound like or what are some of the tips you give athletes
0: i think you have to look for references and that's to say, it's hard for somebody who's just starting out in our business if you don't have a track record. So that just takes time. You just have to fight through that and, and establish that base. But I mean, fiduciary—not that people have to be CFPs, but I, I think in this business and and the world we're in, if you don't have somebody who's a certified financial planner within that team, it's difficult because that, to me, you know that 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 is an all encompassing designation. So that's you know insurance, investment, taxes, estate planning, retirement planning, laws and ethics and all those mm-hmm. things. To get just your Series 7 or Series 66 is more investment focused. I think the athlete clients, they need everything, right? They need, they, it need, all. they need it all. I'm always surprised if we get our hands on somebody who is a professional athlete and they have no umbrella policy. There's no, no. extra layer of liability. And, and I have, unfortunately, but fortunately, already witnessed scenarios where you know one of our guys who will remain anonymous but fender bender you know person got out everything was fine and then realized who it was and immediately was was neck back the whole nine and of course it for us Hate that that client had to go through that, but they're they're buttoned up because yeah. we have all that in place. Oh, you so, had it all right Oh in yeah. place. Oh, yeah. yeah. And
1: if they had missed one link, you're only as strong as that weakest link sure, in this thing. Sure. Yeah, because you are obviously a target and yeah. very vulnerable. So, yeah. most of the success and failure, if it was really that dualistic and it's not, I mean, it's sure. there's somewhere in between most of these guys. Yeah. And, and they might need some money for this, send someone to school, make a purchase, whatever. And then over time, you know, maybe they retire, they don't. I know you and I talked a lot about transition programming, yeah, like yeah. getting these guys into alternative identities and careers so they can actually earn again, much like yourself. Yeah, went back to school yeah. here and finished your degree and 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 went into a, a profession. So all, all this is this like soup of success that could come. But right. it seems like most of them are, it's a team effort to mitigate that risk yeah. across the board. They need, they listen to you though, right? So if an athlete said, yeah, I they don't do. want. Umbrella policy, it's yeah, five thousand dollars a year at my net worth and uh, or whatever it is, right, yeah. Right. And uh, they'll say uh, no. Do you keep them as clients?
0: Yeah, no. So that's a good, that's a good question. I think at the end of the day, you know, one decision like that, we're not going to get rid of a client. But I think there are certain things, and and that being one of them, that are almost non-negotiables for us at, 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 in advising them. And I okay. think we would just do a really good job of of jumping up and down and saying. I hear you, but mm. that this is no, something that no that you're too exposed. Otherwise, and you know, and I think the other thing I know you had mentioned, you know, interviewing other groups and and that process for guys, fees are obviously a part of it. You right. have to understand how people get paid, but I feel like our fees are pretty much in line with the market. But it's always interesting when you see some particular situations where the fees are the only thing that matter, right. and, and that that's not necessarily a good yeah. thing either. You know, so. For the client to understand how we get paid, you know, it is confusing. Yeah, no, it is in this business. It is very confusing. All the transactions—is
1: it a a monthly management fee? Yeah. If you're selling insurance, do you guys get a you know yeah, a, a yeah. prop? Is there all a that prop has to be disclosed? Yeah, and and, it's, and and of course sometimes it's disclosed in these hundred page you know, you know yeah. PDFs, and no one has the time to yeah, read. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> so it is you know a lot of it's just based on trust. It and, is, and I would say some of the literature I've read around financial advising, selecting advisors, retaining advisors outside of sport, there's kind of a role of intuition. You just have a gut feeling. Yeah. 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 I'm almost certain that's the case because the guys on the front line like yourself and women, there are yeah. women in the study we're going to talk about that also participated. You know, they build, it's rapport and it trust is. It is. and you yeah. know, you're from the game, you speak the language, you've yeah. been in the trenches and um, you can obviously communicate. If trust is broken, I was sure that the whole relationship eventually just well, falls apart. hundred yeah. yeah. percent. Yeah.
0: It's uh, Steve Trax, you know, who, who you've gotten to, to uh, interact with. Right can't tell you how many times I've heard him say, you know, trust is earned in drops and lost in buckets. You know, it just, Mm. it can be one little thing that we're in charge of, whether it's, you know, a lot of, a lot of these clients we're paying, they're on a full bill pay, we're paying bills and all that's organized through a ledger that they get every month. It's all buttoned up, but you know, you miss, somebody doesn't pay their credit card bill for Mm -hmm. a month and- Mm it's dinging their credit and then that's it. It could, they could be a client for 10 years. And if you screw something like that up, it's, yeah. it's a big deal. So. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, and even, you know, the markets drop and even if they, you didn't do anything wrong, the perception that maybe, you know, sure. you didn't get out in time. And, yeah. And that's, that's a, you know, and that's, that's just a gray area for, it is. And it's a, it's a hard one to navigate. All right. So let's close on this. And then of course, I'm going to ask you if there's anything I, I miss. Remember we're, this is facing the professionals that work with the athletes. Yeah. So, you know, if there's individuals that take these courses and work for the NFL, the NBA, college athletic departments, we're focusing strictly on p- professionals here, and I'm covering college in another um, another unit. So their role is very, they they do not need to be given financial advice. This is something you definitely refer. Taxes, accounting, yeah, yeah. insurance, finances you refer. But a lot of times they're on the front line vetting individuals. Who do I allow in to talk to my teams to, you know, they might put a symposium on, who's gonna be invited to come to speak to these, sometimes hundreds of athletes, like in the Olympic USOC as a event, after every Olympics, 500 athletes come to this event, transitioning out of Olympic, um, amateur sport, like the Olympics, yeah. going in, you know, and who they advise. So that, you know, they do have to be, have a working vernacular and understanding sure. of a lot of this. So we conducted this study similar to try to get to that question. So I had a, a master's thesis student, you assisted us in finding financial advisors, helped him uh, greatly to find some people working with, so we, I think he did 12 athletes, it's gonna be required reading for our students yep. I know you've seen the results so there's just a table yeah challenges that financial advisors face athletes face when they're not and then the impact of advisors where it's kind of two themes this is based on a bunch of interviews and coded and whatnot so some of the challenges failure to budget lack of financial education, education literacy this is on the athlete side lack of awareness sudden money phenomenon Invincible behavior towards spending, trusting their own people, peer pressure, addiction, family challenges, poor retirement planning. So I'd ask you to reflect on this. What which are these are the biggest challenges you see in the years that you've been working with and primarily on the baseball side? Let's just kind of keep it to your lived experience.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, so I, I looked at I looked through this list a couple of days ago and I revisited a couple of times. All of these apply, right? Everyone. So I, I think every one of them apply. I think in different ways for different clients, but the, the and when you talk about causes and challenges the failure to budget is definitely close to the top of the list for me mm. financial education literacy is huge awareness is probably the biggest one for me so because awareness i feel like or lack thereof awareness falls that that trickles into every category so
1: mm. what do you I, mean awareness what's in that so thing? so lack your, of awareness
0: yep yep so i think when the client has a lack of awareness with what's going on in their situation cuz you see. know a, a lot of firms I know one thing for me with these young guys, and I'll tell this to the, if we're presenting, I say it right to their face and to Mm -hmm, the parents, mm -hmm. but while we have the capability to help you with your banking and bill pay, you're paying your credit card, you you know, like we'll we'll remind you, but you have to have some responsibility there because, you know, at the end of the day, if you've never paid your credit card, you don't have to have any idea what you're spending. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, and I'll boldly say this, I think in our business, there are companies and there's competition that they just want the client. It, it's, it's cool, it's shiny, I, I want to work with the sure. athletes. And so they don't necessarily do a good enough job, in my opinion, telling yeah. people what they need to hear right? as opposed to what they, they want to hear. So I think the lack of awareness, it, it hits every category, right. you know, and then, right. and then it turns into the investment side. And like, let's talk about the market this year and what it, the market's done. Yeah. If we've done nothing to provide awareness on why we're doing what we're doing and how we've structured their portfolio to date, and why we kept this amount of cash on the sidelines mm-hmm. and their allocation from equities to alternatives to fixed income. If they don't have, if we're not doing a good enough job explaining that, right. then that's on us. Yep. But then that causes panic on their side. Right. So so that involvement, and, yeah, and it's hard yeah. to be involved if you
1: don't know what the heck's going on. Exactly. The education literacy exactly. is important.
0: That's huge. Yeah, yeah huge. And then obviously um, the,
1: the spending too much. Just, you know, and these are problems I would think everybody has in, yeah, in the, yeah. you know. But um, it's obviously on, you know, it's a high end on the spectrum for an athlete. Like you said, the cash flow is so sudden, it's not guaranteed. It's almost certain it's not going to be there in a few years. You're going to have an alternative cash flow, which could be significantly less. So it's a completely unique phenomenon in um, the entertainment business and obviously athletes in general. Impact of financial advisors will close with this. So he mentions here in his research, he found uh, micromanaging decisions, behaviors, and advisors could do some harm. Having frequent communication could be good. Teaching financial literacy, helping with budgeting, actually doing the budgeting, and the the financial advisors mentioned this some software that they're rolling out. The so, the role of technology has really helped, sure, helping these guys keep track of their of how they're spending. And it's not as much as just you know calling and say hey, write a check for me, retirement planning, tax planning, legal asset planning, risk tolerance. Any of these kind of jump out as most uh, prominent in the work you've been doing.
0: Again, I, I think. I think he did a great job with with all these points. I think the trust, relationship, patience, and frequent communication is, I think, often overlooked, just how involved you really need to be in the mm-hmm. beginning and how much um, I, I think we, a lot of times, probably take for granted financial literacy 101 in general. It doesn't matter what type of athlete or just, I think, college and high school kids in general. Mm-hmm. So for us, I think in the, in the beginning, I think communication and that trust and, and patience is huge. Budgeting is always going to be huge. That applies to anybody, you know, who is trying to do anything financially, athlete or not. You know, I I look at taxes. That's always something that comes up right away, right? Right. So you think about the pecking order of kind of how we lay this this whole agenda out for these guys, and taxes are a priority in the beginning. You know, get your bonus. uh, You know, the deadline's approaching. Yeah. So how do we how do we handle the returns? I mean, Mm -hmm. baseball in particular. Very unique in the way that it's that the taxes that uh, you can take advantage of, sure, Where making sure it's done the right way, right? Yeah, yeah. So
1: and that those guys are part of your team, the CPAs, yeah, yeah, yeah. tax counting, and yeah. they work hand in hand with, sure, alongside the advisors, right? I mean, it's so a whole like I said, a wraparound approach. Yeah, I did not realize that to be honest, but then I, mean, I I was chaired this committee of his work and read a lot of these. I actually helped him code all this data. Yeah, but just how the breadth of we say financial advisor, we think you know sure. investments, yeah. Really, it's not a good uh, description of what you guys are doing. It might be what you're doing, the FA on the front line. Right, but right. you have a whole team behind you, which is a wraparound service. And they really don't need to be, when they join a firm like yours, they don't need to be out shopping this accountant, that right. you know, that insurance right. broker, and piecing their own team together. Although a lot of guys maybe don't have the cash flow. I'm sure you guys have some barriers to entry where there's a certain amount before you take them on as a client, obviously. But barring that, and sure. it's really on them to be able to it's an investment and it's yeah, hopefully a return yeah. investment. 100%, 100%. Last question. I know yeah. we're uh, we've been going here for a few NIL is new to the college space so we're you know we're talking here in 2022. Is it going to change the way professional athletes are brought into the fold you know, given that you know now uh, college kids, high school kids, athletes, young men and women can actually be making money and have financial advisors and maybe family friends, fam- maybe mom and dad's financial advisors now. And then is that a headwind? Is that an issue? Should we be considering that? They're trying to cross over into our college understanding of the college space as well and how you guys might be able to inform that.
0: I mean, obviously it's all rapidly evolving right in front of our eyes, even as we speak. But I think the the biggest thing I think about with that space is that, again, it's fresh, it's exciting a lot of people want to jump into it mm-hmm. who maybe don't have the experience. And that, and that could be for marketing folks. It's not, I'm just not, not talking about just financial folks, but but as a young athlete, I put myself back in, in, you know, the shoes of somebody who's on this campus playing a sport. If a professional approaches you, clearly they see value in you. They believe in you. How, how do you even know to vet that person? Sure. You right. don't, you right. know, so I'm hopeful, especially for a great university like this, that that there's you know, things that are put into place that are vetting those types of folks. Right.
1: And there yeah. is on the agent side. Yeah. And that's yeah. been long standing and been sure. an excellent program. Yeah. That UF and other universities like UF have done on behalf of athletes at no cost to them. Yeah. Obviously. But yeah, ideally this may be a space where, where there's new needs yeah. that have just no, emerged. And, and there are. That and there could be huge mistakes going to be made here around taxes. hundred percent. 100%. And challenges because this yeah. these kind of services are not being available. And like I said, they're young professionals. Yes. They are they're making yeah, yeah. Yes. significant income on yeah. their image likeness, their their brands. They're working this, you know, and they're, they're due those, those, uh, revenues. No, no one's taking that away from them, but at the same time, you gotta, you gotta have that foundation to yeah, leverage. Yeah. And if you have no foundation, it can really collapse and sure. get you in a lot of trouble as you've seen in this research actually yeah, demonstrated. So, yeah. So excellent. Anything else to closing with? This was a great conversation. Very informative. I learned quite a bit. I'm sure students are going to gain quite a bit from this interaction as well
0: i think we hit a bunch of good stuff yeah Yeah. appreciate Uh, you uh, yeah yeah
1: appreciate tony so tony davis mai capital excellent transparent appreciate the transparency and the honesty and giving us a a real behind the curtain look what's going on in there when you you, when you're working with your athletes a lot to learn and uh, appreciate your time thanks for Uh, coming thanks Thanks for visiting gainesville for us sir thanks for having me you bet thanks tony